Well, if you've got your Bibles with you this evening, we'll be looking in the book of Mark, chapter number 8. Mark, chapter number 8. And tonight we're going to explore one of the miracles that Jesus did that, that, to be honest, is kind of overlooked a little bit. But of course, it also would be no less important than any of the others. You know, we've often heard the tale of the time when Jesus, he fed 5,000 men, not including the women and children, how he took the basket of food from this little boy, and in that basket there was five loaves and there were two fishes, and how he took that little bit of food and he broke it up into small pieces and he put it into individual meals. And then they took five loaves and these two fishes and they spread it out over these thousands of people and they were all able to eat. They were all able to have full bellies. And then he sent the young boy home with 12 baskets full. And so we say, wow, what a great miracle that was. But interestingly, while that miracle is one that is so well known, one that's not talked about so much is a time where Jesus did the exact same miracle and he fed 4,000 people. And we don't talk about that one as much, which is kind of strange. Because he did the same thing. He took a little bit of food, he broke it up, and he spread it out. But there's actually a little bit of a different lesson that we can learn from this. So we're going to read that account tonight as we've been studying uh, the life of Jesus Christ, as we've been studying his miracles and the things that he taught. So let's look together in Mark chapter number 8, and we'll begin our reading in verse number 1. The Scriptures say, In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and saith unto them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have had nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way. Excuse me, they will faint by the way, as in on, the way, on their way home. For diverse of them came from afar. And his disciple answered him, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? He asked them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break and gave to his disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. And they had a few small fishes, and he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. So they did eat and were filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets. And they that had eaten were about 4,000, and he sent them away. Our Lord God, I pray that you would help us to draw some conclusions out of the Scripture tonight. And above all, I pray that you would be honored with what we talk about and we would be accurate by the Scriptures. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us and help us to understand something about you. We love you, Lord, and it's in your name. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, one of the things that we need to remember about reading the Bible is, that, as one man put it, whenever we read a scripture, you start at one place and then you make a beeline for Jesus Christ and see what you can learn about him. Because really, that's what this is. It's his book. And throughout all of it, we can learn something about God, about our author. And that's what we want to look at tonight. So we see what is it that Jesus just did? Well, as he was walking through the wilderness, he had this great crowd of people that were following him around. You know, it's something that I don't think we've ever seen so much today, uh, where one massive crowd of people would just follow one man. You know, we know Jesus had his disciples, but many times he would occur such a, uh, accumulate such a great crowd of people. There were 4,000 people 
that were following Jesus as He was walking through the wilderness. And so Jesus, as He's walking, He's teaching them and talking with them. And then He stops and He realizes, He thinks to Himself, these people are probably getting hungry. The Bible says He had compassion on them. And while the disciples and Jesus, they, had, they knew where they were going. They had food. But He thinks, you know, the, the, the people here following us, they don't have any food. And then He stops and He continues to talk to the disciples. He says, disciples, look, uh, the twelve, He says, they have been following Me for three days. And they haven't eaten for three days. And you know, it's time that they really turned around and went back to their home, but I can't send them away because, you know, if they try to hike all the way back home without any food for the past three days, they're going to faint. And so the disciples, they ask the typical question, okay, well, how are we going to feed 4,000 people out here in the wilderness? It's not like I can go over here to Walmart and buy some food and give them to everybody. We're in the middle of nowhere. We're in the wilderness. So Jesus, he asked the disciples, Okay, well, what have we got? He looks, and the Bible says they had seven loaves of bread and just a few fish. Which really, from what I would think, doing the math in my head, that's really not even much left for the disciples and Jesus either. So what the Lord does is the same thing He did when He fed the 5,000. The Bible says He blessed the bread, and He blessed the fish, and He began to break it. And then He broke it again, and He broke it again, and He broke it again. And He began to feed, and He fed 4,000 people with just a little bit of food. And while that in itself is a great miracle, and we think about how the Lord was able to take care of them, there were seven basketfuls left over for anyone that would, uh, that would need that for them to accumulate. But here's the thing we're going to do tonight. We are going to learn two things about God's, one thing about God's people and one thing about God Himself. We're going to learn something about who we ought to be. And we're going to learn something that God does in return. Because it, the, one of the things that struck me was, was the people that were following Jesus, how they were, they were willing and able to leave their homes, leave their jobs. Maybe some of them left their families. And they were able to just say, okay, Lord, we're going to go with you. Where are you going? I mean, we're going to start following you. I mean, could you imagine right now, wherever it is that you are, and just up and leaving and just going to be gone for, for the next three days. I mean, you don't know where you're going. You're just going to follow this man wherever he goes. You're not going to take anything with you because you don't know how long you're going to be gone. You're just going to kind of, kind of go. And here's the thing that I think that scares a lot of Christians. And I'll tell you that. And the reason I say this scares Christians is because, because I've been afraid this way. Sometimes things scare me. Sometimes the Lord will do something. He'll put us in a position. He'll put us in a situation in our life where we don't have an answer. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to come up. We don't know how long it's going to take. We don't know what the end of this road is. All we know is, is that, that we're going. And then as we start on this path, as we start working towards something that the Lord has put us to work on, or, or as we're taking this next maybe big step in our life, we're trying to figure out all these answers. And then... We, we kind of we start to worry. You know, I've got a friend of mine right now. He's, um, he called me not long ago. He, him and his wife, they are going to be starting a church in Denver, Colorado, uh, which, is, which if you've ever been to Denver, huge place. You know, just and, and, and given the state of the town, the Lord has called them to go there and to be a witness and to start a church and, and to, 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 to share the gospel with people. And so he is like at square one and getting started. So he called me and he wanted to know, he says, man, what do we do here? How do we do this? And how do we do this? And, and he was telling me about how he was feeling. And he was looking at this monumental task that God has called him to do. And he's, he's kind of thinking, boy, how am I going to get from here to there? What is the Lord going to do? 
And I'll admit, I have been in a situation where I've seen something so great that God has, and, and it scares me. There have been times where I have, I have lost faith in something. Have you ever, have you ever been, been in a place where, uh, may, maybe example for your car, or, or, or I'll, I'll tell you one, I don't know if you, you can relate to this, but it's one that I had to learn. I used to love riding motorcycles. I mean, when I was, when I was a teenager, I, I would get on a dirt bike, and boy, I would just go out through the woods, and I would go out through the mountains and stuff, through the creeks, and I loved it. And I remember when I first started riding, the very first time I jumped on this motorcycle, I, I, my dad was trying to explain to me how a five-speed works because I'd never, I mean, I hadn't even got my driver's license yet. He was explaining the different gears. And he says, okay, you're going to give it a little bit of gas, and you're going to let off the clutch really slow. I said, okay. So, boy, I, you know, I twisted the handlebar. I gave it gas, and I let go of the clutch. And with a car, if you do that, it'll either, one, it'll die, or two, the wheels will start spinning. But on my motorcycle, when I let go of the clutch, this motorcycle flew out from underneath, and I'm holding onto the handlebars, and it starts pulling me down the track. You know, I, I didn't know how to ride. And then finally, I learned how to get on and, and control this thing. So I felt okay enough to start going in the woods a little bit. And then I would start going through the woods, and I remember there was a bunch of times I would look at a hill, and I'd think, man, okay, I have to go back up that hill to get back to the pickup. I mean, it's right over there. Or I could turn around and go the other direction and spend another hour going the long way around. And I remember as a kid thinking, there is no way I can, I can do that. And then eventually one day I just worked up enough courage to, to where I would try it. And I learned the motorcycle that I was riding on had the ability to get me up there. It's just I didn't, I didn't trust it. You know, I, did, I, didn't think that, I, I didn't think that my bike was strong enough, or I didn't think that my bike would, would be stable enough. It would just flip out from under me again because of my past experience. See, and what I'm, the point I was trying to make is, because I was afraid, I never tried it. Because I didn't have enough trust in the bike that I was riding, it stopped me from ever going forward. And folks, here's the thing. If we are afraid of what might happen, or if we don't have enough trust in God, it will stop us from trying things. It will stop us from moving forward. And what I want to do is I want to relate that to our spiritual lives. Folks, God might ask us to do something that's tough. He might put us in a situation to do something that's uncomfortable. And we might not think that it's going okay. But it might actually be going to, according to God's plan. I want to tell you something. God's plan is not always easy, but it's right. God's plan is not always easy, but it's right. And I want to show you why I say that. First thing we're going to look at in this passage of Scripture is the dedication of these 4,000 people. Look at how dedicated they were. Now, while we read and we said, okay, yeah, they followed Jesus and they, and, and they were able to get some food. Look at what they did. In verse number two, Jesus says, I have compassion on the multitude because that they have now been with me three days and have had nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way, for diverse of them came from afar. So look at the dedication of what these people did. They saw Jesus and they fell so in love with who Jesus was, with what he was teaching, with what he was saying, and just and, and the miracles he was able to do. They fell so much in love with the Lord. They said, we're just going to follow you. I mean, hey, I might have a job back at home, but I'm going to go where the Lord's going. You know, I, I, don't, I know there's no food out in the wilderness, but man, we're just going to go. And, and, and I realize I have friends and family, but, but I want to follow Jesus. And they took off and they just left. 
And they went following Jesus, and they followed, and they followed, and they followed, and they eventually came to the point where they had been traveling without food for three days. Look, I want to tell you, there, there are some guys that I used to work with, and my, my granddad and I, we used to joke, you know, if a carpenter, if he's out building and his, he's swinging his hammer and he's, boy, he's driving a nail, if the lunch bell whistles, he's going to stop right in the middle of driving his nail so he can go get some lunch. I mean, nothing is going to stop him from taking his lunch break. But, you know, that's, that's kind of the way we are, aren't we? We're going to look out for ourselves. We're going to take care of ourselves. Man, if, if I'm hungry, I'm going to be in the kitchen looking for something. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I've got some food. I'm going to make sure I have a place to sleep. And I wonder, what were these people doing for three days? Did, did they have tents? I mean, did they, just, did they not think to take food with them? Or was it that they just didn't care about those things because of how much they cared about following Jesus? Folks, how many of us have ever gone three days without food just to get a glimpse of what Jesus has for us? That's what they were willing to do. How many of us have ever left our home for three days just so we could hear the words of our Lord and Savior? I don't think any of us have ever had to physically go through some of these things, yet these people were willing to do that. Folks, they were dedicated. They were so dedicated, they were willing to neglect themselves. They were willing to push aside the things they wanted, the things they needed, so they could look to Jesus. And I want to tell you something. This is actually a really good picture of what fasting is. Some people wonder, is, is fasting something we should do today? Is spiritually fasting a good, a good thing? Does it help me? What fasting is is simply this. Lord, I want you to know something. Lord, I want to hear so much from you, I am going to deny myself this. And these people actually did that, and with good reason. They denied themselves food. They denied themselves their homes. They denied themselves their comfort. They denied themselves their jobs just so they could follow Jesus. And it was just even for, for these few days. How often have we denied ourselves something so we can hear from the Lord? You know, sometimes hearing from the Lord might mean we have to lose an hour of sleep so we can have time to spend with the Lord. I mean, if you've, if you've ever been to the Martin household, the only time you can find a quiet moment is when everyone else is asleep. Because, you know, of course, we have two little ones. There's a lot of homes that are like that. And, you know, it, there might be something that we would have to deny ourselves to be able to spend time with the Lord. Maybe it means we even have to leave this place for a while. Or maybe it means, uh, you know, I have to... Um, some people would even deny themselves food during the sake of fasting. I remember there, there have been some times where the Lord, he, he laid something really heavy on my heart. And, and I took a time, a set time, where, where when it was lunchtime, I would, I would skip the lunch, uh, what, what would you call it? I would skip the lunch routine is what I'm looking for. I would skip out on that and instead I would go over here so I could get away where it would be a time of quiet where I could just be with the Lord. And folks, every time the Lord has asked me to do that, it's been a, such a sweet time where I've learned something and He's and He spoke to my heart through it. Are we willing to neglect ourselves to hear from the Lord? That, that, that's the main point. Are, are, do we care more about hearing from God than we do even our food? Do we care more about honoring God than we do what makes us happy? Folks, what we learn from these disciples, these 4,000 people, they as a group were willing to put aside everything they wanted to follow the Lord. You know, think about this. Think about 4,000 people. I looked it up recently that uh, the, the population of Big Timber is like 3,600 people. 
So you've got to think, this crowd that was following Jesus is bigger than the population of the whole town of Big Timber. That, that would be every last one of us just up and leaving town. I mean, hey, we're just going to be gone for three days. Whatever happens here in town, oh, well, we're not worried about it because we just want to follow the Lord. Man, that amount of dedication, when I see that, I say to myself, man, that's who I want to be. I want to be willing to take away from my time. I want to be willing to neglect myself. I want to be willing to, to take a hard journey into the middle of the wilderness because of how much I love my Lord and how much I love my Savior. And you know, I think that's a testament to how much they loved God. Because, you know, I believe what we do for people shows how much we love people. You know, I, I am willing to do more for my wife and kids than I am a random stranger I have never met before. That's because I love them. Because, because they're mine. They're my family. I care about them. I, I, I am willing to work my fingers to the bone and break my back to make sure that my family is fed and that they have a home. That's important to me because they're mine. I don't feel the same way about people that I've never met before. So for these people, they, if they're willing to do this to themselves, even go without food and shelter for three days to follow the Lord, man, that shows how much they love them. And so we need to ask ourselves this, and I need to ask myself this. If somebody watched my life, and, and they watched what I did, and kind of like these people, the way we're looking at them, if someone's watching me, would they be willing to say that, man, Trevor must really love God because of how much he gives to the Lord? Can they say that? Can they say that about us? Can they say that about me? I want it to be said of me that I love the Lord and I am dedicated to Him. And they see that based off of how I live. And here's the really neat thing. Look what the Lord did in return to their sacrifice. Of course, we know He fed them, but there's a few interesting things we need to pull out of it. First, we know that the Lord, He cared for them spiritually. We know that God cared for them spiritually. You know, time after time, we see the Lord when He has a group following them. He'll stop and He'll just turn and He'll start addressing the crowd. Man, He'll start teaching to them. He'll start preaching to them. And the Lord, the Bible says that He had compassion on them. Look at verse number two. I have compassion on the multitude. Folks, God cares about you. And I want to tell you something. If the Lord ever sees you in a situation where you are going through a tough time, and he sees that you are following him, he cares. We can never think that the Lord doesn't care. The Lord will sometimes call somebody away from their, uh, their, uh, from their home country to go to some foreign land to, to minister there. And they might be there all alone thinking, nobody cares about me. Man, the Lord doesn't even see me. Now, the Lord doesn't see what I'm doing. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. I want to tell you, God does. He sees and he cares and he knows what they're going through. Look what the Lord did. The Lord, number one, allowed them to follow him into the wilderness. The Lord, in fact, we could even say that he led them there. He's the one that went out there with them following. The Lord led these people there. And he allowed them to wait for three days before they got food. Did you ever think about it that way? I mean, here's the Lord at any moment. He could have stopped. He could have stopped on day one. Okay, they haven't had any food today. Hey, disciples, let's, let's stop. We're going to give these guys some food. He could have done that on day one. He could have done it again on day two. All right, disciples, hey, we've got plenty of food left over from the first one. Let's go ahead and break some of that bread. And we're going to feed them here on day two as well. How come the Lord didn't feed them on day one and day two? Sometimes the Lord, He 
leads us into the wilderness. And the Lord's path will sometimes be one that's difficult. The Lord's path sometimes is one that's not comfortable. And I think, I believe sometimes the Lord likes to stretch us just to see how far we're willing to follow. Just to see how far we're willing to go. Just so we can even, maybe even prove to ourselves how far we're willing to go. I mean, you think about Abraham. God did it with him. Abraham, I just promised you that son Isaac. Yeah, he's a good boy, isn't he, Abraham? I want you to take him up on the mountain and I want you to place him on an altar and sacrifice him to me. Man, that was a test. God wanted to stretch Abraham so he could, so he could see his faith. He wanted to show him that he really had the ability to, to, to trust God in that way. Hey, you, you folks, you 4,000, you're following me? Come on, let's go. Day number one, yeah, they're still there. Day number two, yeah, they're still there. Day number three in the wilderness, yeah, hey, they're still there. Man, they've come so far now, if they turn around and go home, they're going to pass out on the way because they don't have the strength to do it. Okay, now let's take care of them. See, sometimes I believe the Lord will allow us to go as far as we can to even show us to ourselves how far we can truly go. See, the Lord, He knows what their limitations are. That's why He said, if they turn around and go home, they're going to pass out. See, that's the thing. Sometimes we don't think we can go that far. And Jesus is looking at us saying, I know you can. You might not think it, but I know you can. My dad, he used to tell me all the time, he, he talks about when he was in the military and some, some of the training that they would put him through. And he'd be like, oh, man, we used to. He talks about how they would do these compass courses at night and how they would, how they would have to stay up all night. And then, oh, the, about the time they had to stay up for two or three days at a time and with, you know, without food to be able to do this. And, man, then they had to go on this hike and they had all this, this big heavy pack on them. And then he would say, you know why they made us do that? They made us do that to show us that we're actually capable of more than we thought we were. He says, if you're really in a situation where you need to be pushed, you're capable of so much more than you really think you are. Folks, that's the thing. The Lord knows us better than we know us. The Lord knows what we're capable of. And I think sometimes God has to show it to us. I think maybe He pushes us and stretches us so that we'll know where we are. The Lord knows where our limits are. And I want to tell you this. The Lord will not put you on a path that seems difficult and then allow you to just give up and faint. The Lord's not going to give you a job to do and then just, then just let you burn out and have nothing left. No, if the Lord's going to send you somewhere, if the Lord's going to lead you into the wilderness as He did with these folks, He's not going to allow you to pass out on your way home. He knows what you can handle. He knows what you can take. And so if he, the Lord puts you here and says, all right, this is where I want you to go. That mountain looks big, but I want you to go. He's not going to give you a mountain to climb if you can't handle it. I mean, that, that would be cruel. Folks, God's not a cruel God. He's a loving God. He's going to give you jobs. He's going to give you opportunities to do something that you can handle, whether you think you can or not. And here's the beautiful thing about it. He knows our limitations, and He cares for us physically. Folks, when God gives us a job to do, He is going to make sure He sustains us. Look at what he did, and we already know in verse number 7. And they had a few small fishes, and he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. So they did eat and were filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets. And they that had eaten were about 4,000, and he sent them their way. So it was time for the crowd to go back home. Before he sent them back home, he fed them. 
He made sure they had the energy to be able to get back home. He cared for them physically. He cared for what they needed. He didn't want them passed out on the side of the road because they hadn't eaten anything. Here's a lesson we can learn from that. And, and, and I've used this, this, this statement before. There was a man, his name is Bud Calvert. He wrote a book. And in, in his book, he made the statement, what God orders, God pays for. So if God's going to ask you to do something, he's not going to send you out and say, okay, now I'm hands off. Everything else is done. Hey, whether you make it or not, it's all on you, man. No, God's not going to do that. God is going to make sure he sustains them and puts them there. I've, I've, I would often look at this. I think about the previous job that I used to have when I worked, at, you know, when I worked selling phones. And, and, I, and I've used this, uh, you know, the, the story of working there before. But I remember there were several times where whenever some kind of new device would come out or some kind of new network or new computer system we had to learn, the company would, would always send us to training. And the training was usually an hour or so down the road, and we had to drive there. And here's what would happen. Uh, they would take us as the employees, and they would say, okay, now, Trevor, here's what you're going to do. You're scheduled to go to your job training on, on Thursday, and you have to be clocked into the class at 9 o'clock. And I would say, okay, yes, sir. And so what I would do is I would drive into our office. I would clock in at 8 o'clock, and then I would drive to the training. I would be there all day. And while I was there, they would teach me, they would feed us, uh, you know, that we would have lunch, they would, they would um, you know, teach us the thing we needed to, uh, to learn. Then I would drive back, and then I would clock out. Here's the thing we need to remember. If you've ever been to a job training, if you've ever had a company send you somewhere, while I was driving down there, whose responsibility was I? I was the company's responsibility. They're the ones that paid for my gas. They're the ones that paid for my time. They're the ones that paid for my meal. Why? Because the company's the one that sent me. I didn't go there. The companies, they sent me there. That's why I was there in the first place. Folks, that's what God's going to do for us. If God is going to order us to go somewhere, it's His job. He, he's the one that sent us. He's the one that took care of us. And just like these folks here, it might have been difficult, yeah. It might have, it might have stretched their faith a little bit. They might have been a little bit uncomfortable going a few days without food, but God didn't leave them hanging out to dry. God didn't let them faint. God didn't let them fail. So here's what we need to learn. We need to allow God to stretch us. Let Him stretch our abilities. Let Him stretch us spiritually. And in this physical, sometimes that's where we learn to trust the Lord the most. When, when I have a mountain in front of me that I can't handle, when maybe a family member is, is sick and I don't see how the Lord's ever going to take care of this, or when I have some kind of financial struggle, or, or if God gives me some kind of ministry opportunity, I'm thinking, oh boy, how am I ever going to do that? I might not have the answers, but if God puts me on a road and says, this is your path, it's my job to just start taking the steps. Okay, Lord, I'm going to start. I, I, don't have, I don't have the resources to climb over the crazy mountains over there. I mean, that's in my path, but I can't just climb over that with the shoes on my feet and the clothes on my back. The Lord's going to say, I know. When you need something, I'll be here. I just need you to start taking the steps. That's the way God works. We just start taking the steps. We start following Him. We start going where we ought to go. And when we run out of food and when we get to the point where we might faint, God says, here I am. I've got everything you need. And then He can take the bread out of what seemed like nowhere and just feed and provide everything that we need along the way. And He will be there to sustain us. 
So our two main things we learned today is this, and then we're going to be in closing with this thought. We ought to be dedicated disciples. That's who we are. All we do is we just show up. Do what God has asked us to do. We will be dedicated disciples. And if we dedicate ourselves to do what God has asked, then God will take care of us along the way. That's it. It's such a simple thought, but sometimes it's so hard to do. Just just allowing ourselves to, to, to walk blindly into the unknown where God would send us. And then just simply trust that while we're there, God will take care of our needs. He'll take care of anything that we might, any problem that might come up. I, I didn't say it'd be easy. I mean, hey, maybe we have to go three days without food. I don't know. But what I do know this is that God sees it and God knows. And when God thinks I need something, then God will take care of me. And there's this one man, and I'll leave you with this last thought. He would always say this. I love this statement. He would say, if God lets me down this time, it'll be the first time. If God lets me down this time, it'll be the first time. You know, those people out there in the wilderness, on day three, I'm probably going to tell you, they were probably pretty hungry. If you've ever gone three days without food, they say day number three is the hardest, even harder than four and five. You know, three days is a pretty long time to go without food. I want to say they weren't comfortable, but when they needed it, God showed up. They probably, had a, they probably thought maybe it was difficult getting there, but they were just willing to keep going. They didn't turn around. They kept pushing forward. And when God was ready, God provided for their needs. So let's stop there, and we'll just thank God tonight that He is always there for us. And let's remember as His children, let's remember to always be pushing forward. Just because it gets hard doesn't mean God's forgot about us. It just means that He has His things coming in His time. So let's have every head bowed, and we'll have every eye closed. Our Lord God, thank you so much that you are a God that takes care of us. Lord, just as these 4,000 people were following you out into the wilderness, they, they, they had no clue what you had planned. All they knew was that they wanted to follow you. Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage to follow you wherever you would send us. Lord, give us the courage to keep stepping forward for you. Lord, you've always been there for your people. Whenever we open the Bible and we see the struggles that your people face, you've always been there. And while we might not understand the way that you take care of them, you always have taken care of them. And I pray that you would give us the courage that we need to continue on the path that you've put us on. So ladies and gentlemen, with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is our time to do business with the Lord. If the Lord tonight has impressed something upon your heart, maybe something that you could surrender to Him, why not go ahead and make that commitment to the Lord tonight? You know, right now in your life, maybe you're in that part of the journey where you're on day number two, where you've gone a couple days without the food and you're wondering what's going on. Maybe you're on day three. Day three is coming and you're feeling faint. You're feeling weary. Folks, God sees it. God knows it. And when it comes time that we need something, God will be there. Sometimes He stretches us, but He will be there.
Our Father, again, we thank You that You're so very good to us. Lord, thank You that You're always there and willing to supply our every need. Lord, I pray that You would help us as Your people to be committed to You, to be determined that we'll follow You whatever it is You send us. And I pray that You'd help us not to give up. Lord, a lot of times I know in, in my own life I see the path in front of me. I don't understand what's going on and And sometimes on day one and day two, I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to give in. Lord, if you want to stretch me, help me to have the faith to continue on. Lord, thank you that you're there, ready to fulfill whatever needs that we have. Just I pray you'd help us not to lose that heart and to lose the faith. As we get ready to go our separate ways now tonight, may we seek to honor you in all that we do. Lord, I pray that as, as we go about our everyday life over these next few days and we come back here next week, Lord, help us to look for the opportunities to serve you. Lord, as you you put those paths in front of us, help us to be diligent in looking for them. And and may we be lights to those that are around us. We love you, Father. And it's in your name we pray and in your name we ask these things. Amen.